episode of uh, Girls Interrupted. Girls Bye. inside, girls in quarantine. <laughs> Is it only quarantine if you've if you've been exposed? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, Shannon's getting technical. Okay. Uh, Girls in self isolation. Yeah. There we go. In um social distancing. Well, yeah. Or whatever physical distancing. Well, no, I feel like social distancing is is a public term. Oh, true. Like six feet away. Oh, thirteen. You're saying it to thirteen feet now. How you're? Are you on Tinder right now? No. Okay, oh, no. because like <laughs> we closed my relationship. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> Well, the Tinder messages are really crazy now because they're like, hey, do you want to hang out? I'll bring a ruler to, to, to see how far apart we can be, 13 feet. I'm like, um, no, thank you. No. <laughs> Nobody wants to, like, video chat and court me. Like, where you guys have to get a personality, guys. Like, you can't just buy drinks at the bar anymore. You have to, like, get to know me. Like, <laughs> Sorry, sorry to say it. You have to get to know me and wait weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's like step it up, please. <laughs> and it's hard for people who don't have a personality. Well. <laughs> deep yikes, deep, deep yikes. Um, so Ten Cloverfield Lane is a movie sorry, where we are uh, okay. The format is all over the place today. We, my name is Shannon. That's who I am. What's your name? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I'm Annie. I think we record. These podcast episodes <laughs> in which we review movies that we have seen and want to talk about. So this one is going to be the last of our, well, maybe not. I don't know. This is uh, another topical episode because we, it is, uh, you know, Tim Cloverfield Lane, which is a story about how John Goodman is scary. <laughs> I- I don't like, I mean, he's very good, but I don't like John Goodman scary. Is this the only role where he's been scary? I mean, besides Roseanne when he's a Republican, but like, is this the only role where he's scary? <laughs> John Goodman. Fred Flintstone. Fred, uh, that's what I was about to say. I wanted to be Fred Flintstone. Yeah. I, did I feel like Halle Berry cosplay the other day, you guys. I, I, I Shots of that, I am going to post it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. She really did do pivotal gay use moment is watching Halle Berry on repeat and not understanding your emotions yet. Like, why do I want to watch this again? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, I, yeah, like, what? <laughs> Tongue out. Um, yes, I love a black cave woman. Like, yes. <laughs> But also, yes. show me yeah yeah um but wait john goodman i feel like he this is the only movie that i can think of where he's been like outright scary yeah he's been like intimidating in other things but it's like mob things or whatever oh okay, i don't know yeah. what i'm talking about yeah and but this one he's like creepy yeah and and the the smart thing about it sorry if we already ruined it for you is that you don't know if he's evil until like the middle of the movie so, and I think that's genius casting to pick someone we know and love because we trust him. Like a little bit, we trust him because we trust Fred Flintstone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm saying that's shaky so that you get that, you know, we kind of want to trust him. We want to, but we don't know. And um, Robin, comedians play really good villains. Robin Williams 
have you seen Robin Williams' scary movie, One Hour Photo? And I don't know if he did other ones, but it's good. Write that down, One Hour Photo. One Hour Photo is a really good scary movie. It's about, he works at like a Walgreens type thing, like the photo developing. And he like gets obsessed with this family that he sees in, in photos that he's developing. So he likes stalk them and stuff. That's really good. Yeah. So comedians are able to go able to go to a dark place really easily. I don't know if you would call Robin Williams. I mean, um, John Goodman a comedian, but he's definitely in more funny stuff, right? Than than drama. Yeah. Yeah. So John Goodman. He's like a lighthearted guy. Yeah. It's like Santa Claus. Or yeah. He's very Santa Claus. Even in this movie, they make that joke. You're Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my heart is so... Ah! Okay. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Tim Cloverfield Lane. So, this is this is weird for us. We have not ever done any sequels yet, but it's weird for us to do the sequel first. Um, Tim Cloverfield Lane is the sequel. And it's not like a direct sequel, but you're thinking that it's kind of going going on at the same time as Cloverfield. I think it's the same universe, you know. So, because oh. it's definitely not definitely not J.J. Abrams. No, it's, it's a different director. Um, and there's also a third installment, something something Clover, the Cloverfield Paradox or something. It's not good. It's on Netflix. It's not very good. The, okay, I did it again. This one that we're reviewing right now is the second one. Is the I second think. film that came out. But I'm pretty sure all three of these movies are happening at the same time in the same world. Is the that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, so, there's no link at all. Yeah. So have you seen Cloverfield? I have. Yeah. I saw it. Nah. Me too with Kiara. So Cloverfield was my first, I think, my first like found footage kind of horror movie. Yes. Um, and I lo- like loved it. Like I thought it was so, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember just loving the original. I we, Unfortunately, it was so packed in that theater. We had to sit up close. Like we sat on the first row. So we're like looking up and it's a really shaky movie. So like we're leaving and Kiara's like, oh my God, did you, like we went back to my house. She's like, did you like it? I was like, I loved it, but I really need to cup the abysmal. Like, oh. <laughs> my stomach hurts from all the jolting around. Yeah, yeah. But I, I you know, I thought... I thought that's, you know, really a smart way to do it. You know, you're in New York, you're looking at found footage and it's just still telling a story of, of horror. And I think that JJ Abrams is, and they kind of do it in this movie too, is really good at making things scary because he doesn't show us the monster really. He'll like hint at it, but he very rarely like shows us the full monster because it's scarier if you don't know what you're afraid of. Which is why Lost worked better before they started trying to explain things because because <laughs> JJ Abrams is that's his show too. Like, uh, oh, is it's, it really? Yeah, it's so he's like a, a manipulator of minds. But it's better when you don't know what the fuck is going on because when you try to explain things, it's not as satisfying. You know, is JJ Abrams the guy that says he likes to write female protagonists? Um, in my experience, probably not. <laughs> I haven't oh, okay. seen, I haven't seen any where it's a female protagonist. Besides this one, maybe. Oh, no, that's Joss Whedon. Oh, that's Joss okay. Whedon. Joss Whedon doesn't really... My J names. Yeah. Joss Whedon doesn't really do zombies, I don't think. But Buffy. I love Buffy. Female protagonist. I see. Okay. I believe that. Yeah. He definitely... Well, wait. Okay, so now that... Okay. 
you're right. We are doing the sequel then. Cause now I'm like, Oh yeah, I see the link now. Should we do that or rich right now? Should we just stop and go watch the yeah. movie? And <laughs> no, I mean, we did later, <laughs> but, um, I think this one, this one makes more sense because this one is more topical to what we're feeling right now because they're trapped in a, in a bunker, a bunker, a bunker together. A bunker. They're going we're trapped in our bunkers. homes. We're trapped in our homes. So yeah, so that was my first found footage horror film. And then I got really into the Rec series. Have you seen those? REC? So that's like these Spanish, it's like a Spanish horror movie. Um, I think one happens at like a wedding, one happens in an apartment, but it's also found footage. And zombies, I'm pretty sure it's zombies. Yeah, I think it's zombies. But it's they're really good. All three of them are good. I'm pretty sure it's three or four. All, all of them are good. If it says wreck, it's good. Um, wrote that down too. What if it's bad? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, one with, the one in the apartment was definitely good. The one with the wedding was definitely good. And I think there's a couple more. But yeah, Cloverfield really opened up for me. Um, so yeah, so Teen Cloverfield Lane is the movie we're doing. Um, this one probably had a really tight budget because it is three... Maybe five characters, but really three. Like, there's that one woman who comes up, and there's a voice on the phone. There's a voice on the radio, but really three main characters, okay? We've got Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Scott Pilgrim, um, Ramon Flowers. Oh, is that what she's from? She's she's a great actress. She's really good. Um, yeah, she was really good in this. John Goodman and this last guy who I think is like a comedic actor. Um, He's a Broadway actor, actually. Oh, okay. John Gallagher Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a, okay. He's okay. You're right. Oh, okay. And, and this was directed by Dan Trachtenberg, Trachtenberg. So that's a, that's, it's not J.J. Abrams, but J.J. Abrams was a producer. So he probably gave, you know, some points and I don't know. Did he... So, yeah, so the way that these movies came about is, like, this one and the, the what do you call the third, a true form? The third installment? They were Trilogy. movies, they were movies that were unrelated to Cloverfield. They were just horror movies set in a apocalyptic time. And then I, I'm guessing that J.J. Abrams, like, sought them and added them to the universe so they're not like clear sequels lines yeah they were just kind of scripts that fit and they just wove it into the cloverfield universe or gave it the name i don't know yeah it was a yeah it was formed it was from an ultra low budget spec script called the seller and paramount bought it and you know it, it, it eventually became what it is now wow yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, that is cool how, uh, like, I, I like what you said about the same universe, though. That's cool to think, like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe that. Oh, Bradley Cooper has a credit. He's he's the he, phone. He's been. He's the phone. Yeah, he's been. <laughs> he's been. So, yeah, so this movie had a budget of 13 to $15 million. So it's actually kind of high for, right? Yeah, well, I mean, probably for Sha- all the alien stuff. Shaun of the Dead is six, but I guess probably because these are famous actors. And, and yeah, and John Goodman. Right, these are famous actors. Yeah, John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was already in some stuff. Um, 
Bradley Cooper's voice, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> box office return of 110. 110 million, so they made their money back and then some. Um, the it has a 90 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A because 90? A 90. A 90. It's a it's a good movie. It's kind of a safe horror movie, though. Like, yeah, the stakes never feel. I mean, I guess the stakes are high, but it's. It's very like bright and bubbly of a horror movie, if that makes sense. Like, it's, is it like is this PG thirteen? I don't see the rating, but it feels like it is. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like something kids could watch and be okay with. I don't know. Um, Agreed. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. It's like same level scary as like The Ring or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so, first impressions. I saw this in the theater and um, I like that Mary Elizabeth Winstead, besides her performance, I like that the the part, that her part is written really um, strongly. Like she has agency. She's not like just afraid of John. She's like, she has it. She, you can see her thinking about everything um, all the time. She always has a plan. She's always trying to get out. She's never like just, a helpless uh, victim. Like she's always trying to get out of there and smart and thinks about things. Like I, I really enjoy female characters be like that, especially horror characters. Like, please just give them something to do. I think that the mm-hmm. movie is really strong. Like it's a very interesting concept to be abducted, to be maybe not abducted, to, to wake up somewhere. Right. And someone is telling you that the world is ending and now you don't know if you're afraid of him or if you're afraid of the the world outside. And it kind of reminds me of how, you know, when this was all coming to peak, the the uh, the pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, Jared Little was on a retreat, on a mountain retreat, <laughs> no electronics. So he woke up, he came back into into this. So like, imagine if he had been like in a car accident or something, and like a family took him in and like told him, oh, you can't go outside, blah 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 blah. And even though they're tr- they're telling the truth, he would have been like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's really fucking scary. They they set it up so well. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, that's the that's the scariest part. Is the first like fifteen minutes? It's like what? Like you're crazy. I'm not. You're crazy. Yeah, and then I it's like leave? you're crazy. How you're right? Like what you said. Like I'm scared of you. You're, mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. deranged. You're. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was that your first impressions? Well, I saw, see, I'm, I, you know, once again, living under a rock. I don't even remember this being in theaters. I saw this on a plane. Yeah. And I had to, the best movies, dude. Yeah. I had to turn it off. Oh, no. <laughs> and like go, come back because it, it was just like, I'm scared. Where did um, you turn it off at? Um, I feel like when, um, Cause I just didn't know. I was like, where is this going? I didn't know anything about it. And I turned it off after he offed. Oh yeah. That is, that really changes the movie. Cause now she's, cause you like start to love his character, you know, like they're friends, they're, you know, they're conspired and they know a secret Yeah. by that point. And then, oh, it's just you with him now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I turned it off when he gave her the ice cream. Cause I was like, oh my God. I don't need it. Cause Ooh, I was like, I have ice cream. Do you remember? <laughs> Do 
you remember people were dying from ice cream? Like, what? We can't have anything. <laughs> the Listeria Hysteria of Bluebell. Oh my God. Bluebell no, was killing people. We didn't have Bluebell for a long time. I mean, not, you know, it's sad people died, but, and we were really ready to risk it all again for the Bluebell to go back into production. <laughs> we're like, put it back. We don't care. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Yeah. Have you ever been to, ooh. Is there even a blue, is the only Bluebell production in one spot? Okay. So there's one outside of Houston, Brenham. That's where we have Bluebell Creameries. And we used to go on field trips there and get samples. So I'm guessing it's not near Dallas. It must be just one spot. Yeah. And now they close the factory. No more tours. That was probably way before this though. No, because of the Listeria. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it hasn't oh. been open since then. But I think you can still go in and get uh, ice cream from them, but you can't go on the tour of the factory because of... People have to ruin everything with their germs. And dying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. yeah, but it was so good. And I'm sad my children won't know what that's like to go on a tour at, at Brigham. Uh, anyway, so uh, we start off. Um, <laughs> I was really kidding, by the way. <laughs> And uh, her name is Michelle in this movie. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is packing furiously. She's breaking up with uh, with Bradley Cooper. Um, and <laughs> she's, you know, calling someone distressed and she's grabbing stuff. She grabs a whiskey bottle, which is funny that they showed us that because that doesn't come back until the end. The whiskey bottle, like they showed us that in the beginning of the, the first two seconds, the whiskey bottle. When does it come back in the end? It comes That's back at the I'm end thinking. when she like is in, she makes it out of the tunnel or out of the bunker and she like makes this Molotov cocktail with it. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, you like, honestly didn't need to show us that, but I appreciate them crossing their T's and dotting their I's. So they, you know, they show us the whiskey bottle. Correct. Cause I would have believed that was in the car. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> And actually, they find it in his car, in his truck. So why did they even show us that? Because if he took it from her car, he would have taken it down to the bunker. Because he wasn't planning on coming back up. I guess he had too much to carry or something. Yeah, maybe alcohol was bad. But he took it out of her car, though. Oh, true. But her car was... Never mind, it's fine. It's fine. She needed something to get on fire. Yes. (laughs) But I would have believed it was in the car. Yeah, no, same. So, yeah, whiskey. We see it. We know it's there. Um, She leaves her engagement ring on the, um, you know, she leaves it there. And she's driving away in this rural area. She's pumping gas at a very isolated gas station at night. Um, A car comes up. We see see, uh, the lights. We see the lights of the car come up. Um, and she starts driving, Ben calls, and she she hangs up. She's ignoring his next call. There's news on the radio about um, blackouts, um, widespread blackouts. Uh, and then it's, it's a silent title sequence um, intertwined with her being in a, what looks like a one-sided car accident. We don't see the other car. We just see her spinning out of control and then, you know, going over the, um, the rail, right? Yeah, that's a gnarly. How did they? Do you think that's computerized? That was a gnarly car crash. Sorry, I I mean the the noises are fake, but I I'm starting to realize that when people are driving in movies, it's mostly green screens. So it was probably some kind of rig, kind of like kind of like how I imagine like those mechanical bulls are, but it's like a spinning fake car. 
and then they exactly add this right. they add the sound and then they show i don't know yeah the magic. So she wakes up in a cell with an eye. Ooh, waking up with an IV in you is just like top ten scariest things I can think about. Um, and her legs change to the okay, wall. Okay, yeah, and her legs change to the wall. But <laughs> IVs, okay, but IVs are scary. They are. No, they are. Yeah, because yeah. in movies they always rip them out, and that freaks me out. Just thinking about that, <laughs> they always rip them out. Just rip. They rip them. They don't softly put pressure on where it's coming. No, they yank them out. Uh, <laughs> I'm reacting. <laughs> okay, so yeah, she Ivy is in her. Okay, you're right. Her leg is chained to the wall. It's very scary. <laughs> Change. Um, and so yeah, I was like I was saying, she's a character with a lot of agency because even though she's chained, she's not like screaming or anything, like drawing attention to herself, something stupid. She is um, trying to get free, so she's like immediately trying to get to her phone, trying to get to her jeans, to get to her phone so she can make a phone call. Um, but um, you know, there's no cell reception. Uh, she's in a she's in a dungeon. Um, she's she's uh, she she does not make any noise. He comes to her, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So she's being very smart. It's not hello or you know any of that stupid shit. So he, she, yeah. Because why would you do that? <laughs> I don't want to meet the person that chained me up. Would you do that in real life? I mean, if I'm in there long enough, I might, I might yell. I don't know. Yeah. But right away, no, I'm not yelling. I'm going to try to see what I can do first before I get any because I'm in danger. I'm chained, chained, chained. Like an IV alone and a cast alone would imply that someone was taking care of me me change means that they don't want me to leave <laughs> right yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah so that's my reasoning so um so yeah she do she sorry yeah he comes to you hear loud booming steps on the stairwell we don't see him first we see his feet first we see that he's dropping off food we see the hands and then we finally see his face and he's like, you need fluids. Um, she, she immediately tries to like barter for her life. You know, I, I, I just want to like see people like, you know, my, my boyfriend's going to be looking for me, you know, doing like, you know, very textbook smart, smart things. things. Yeah. He gives her crutches and you know, she's like, the cops are going to come and he's like, nobody's looking for you. And <laughs> he, he gives her the, the key to the handcuffs that are, you know, chained around her, you know, this little rig or whatever. Um, which begs the question, why did you chain me in the first place? Hmm. Did you want to give these keys as a form of manipulation? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Cause you lock the room. Yeah. You lock the room. The room's locked. Why am I chained to the wall? That's just going to scare me more. <laughs> So she puts in her jeans immediately. She gets her, which, which is very smart because in horror movies, they'll like make the girl be naked for no reason. She puts on her jeans. She like, she's got these crutches. Crutches are very hard to use. She's mastered it immediately. <laughs> she, they're hard to, I was on crutches this summer. Um, she starts planning another way out, right? There's no wasted moments for her character. She's never just like dawdling. It's always, you know, 10 steps ahead. So she's like poised to strike for him. She's like whittled the, the end of the crutch into a shiv. Um, he never comes. So she finds an air vent and sets her shirt on fire and puts it in the vent so that he has to come downstairs 
Um, and when he does, she stabs him and he sedates her. So he knew what she was doing. Yeah. Hmm. John Goodman. Uh, and his breath is so ragged in this movie. I don't know if that was a choice. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like very deep. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. At first when you said that, I was like, wait, what? I, guess I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about like, it's odor. No, I can't smell it. Imagine halitosis. I know, sure. Um, So she wakes up. She wakes up after the sedation, and he's there, and he gives her pain medication and says, right, don't try that again. Um, He's like, I saved your life. Nobody's out there. I found you, and I saved you. There's been, you know, um, an attack, just a vague attack, Uh, chemical nuclear, I don't know. Um, they're about 40 miles from Lake Charles, so they might be in Louisiana or, Houston, or Texas. I don't know. Um, and they're under his farmhouse. This is, this is the expository information we got, right? And she's like, okay, well, I gotta go to the hospital. And he's like, you can't leave for, you know, maybe a year or two. <laughs> um, and then, like, he starts, this is where we think he's crazy, right? You know, oh, there's, you know, it might have been the Russians, maybe the Martians. I don't know. And then she's like, dink, dink. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> need to get in front of some people, anybody, cops, family. Like, I want to call my family. Um, and he's like, everybody up there is dead. And then she's like, well, do you have a family? And then we hear a loud noise from upstairs, and he yells at somebody off off screen. And then he comes back and um, tells her, you need to show me appreciation. My name's Howard, you know, whatever. And he locks her in again. So she hears a car upstairs, soft music. And hmm, I think she woke, sorry, I think she went to sleep and woke up again. But now she hears a car upstairs and now there's soft music and the door is open. So she comes out on her crutches and she sees a man with a hurt arm and he offers her a goldfish. So he was, so what happened was when she heard that loud music and he was yelling at somebody, loud, loud sound, and he was yelling at somebody, that was this guy trying to get into the bunker because he knew about it because he helped build it. You remember he says That's that, Emmett. all that? Oh, Emmett, okay. yeah. Emmett, okay. And uh, John Goodman is mad at him for knocking over a shelf of food, with, you know, weeks worth of food or something on there. And uh, she, She's, she's barefoot. I don't know why I wrote that, but she's barefoot. So he's explaining, he's explaining his setup. Okay. He's got VHS, DVDs, jukebox, aquarium, books, kitchen, no touching. So it's a lot like what we've got going on now. (laughs) What would be, if you could build a bunker, what would be your dream? Actually, this is a lot like a, this is a lot like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. The one with, with, um, where Buffy's mom starts dating, um, what's Jack Tripper's name from Three's Company? John. John Ritter? Yes. She starts dating John Ritter. And it turns out he's a robot from like the sixties. And he was like built to be, or seventies. He's built to be like this perfect husband. And he has like this bunker that's like the seventies, like nothing has touched it. And he's like killed his other wives and he tries to kill Buffy. It's the only human that Buffy ever killed. And then she finds out that, He's not a human. He's a robot. Because <laughs> he comes back to life. I just wrote that whole episode for everybody. I should watch it. <laughs> That's from the, like, the third season or something. Um, John Ritter, rest in peace. I love John Ritter so much. Yeah, what would be your dream bunker? Um, what are you having in there? I want an icy machine. White, <laughs> white cherry icy because it doesn't stain your tongue. 
Um, <laughs> I've got a projector. You know, I kind of built my bring my dream bunker already, like my house. Uh, I still have to go out for stuff. I wish I had like a full garden. That'd be good. Then I wouldn't have to leave. Yeah, um, a greenhouse and a, and an icy machine. You know, so you know, I'm almost there. How was yours? <laughs> your dream bunker? <laughs> I don't really like I I. I don't really know. Yeah. I'm sorry I, to be lame. <laughs> I, um, I guess advice. I guess I would need more TV and more DVD stuff because yeah. if, if it's if it's an attack like this where everything's down, yeah. I wouldn't have streaming or YouTube. Movie. Yeah, exactly. I'd want yeah. like, yeah, DVD. Yeah, I feel, how do you think minimalists are doing right now? <laughs> like extreme minimalists with nothing. I mean, they can still stream stuff, but... I don't know. Things bring me comfort. Is that sad? Is that too American to say? No. Things bring me comfort. Bring me comfort. So she, yeah, so she's looking around. Uh, she And the no touching applies to her and Emmett. I, yeah, I, that, and that like gives all of us false confidence, you know? Like it's kind of like. Does it make him know. seem more. Or at least I don't know, like, what, yeah, watching it, it was like, oh, okay. Does he seem super modest or something? Yeah, or like, okay, you're kind of weird, but at least maybe you're not going to, like, violate me. I, yeah. Maybe. It's like he wanted to, but Emma came, you know? So, yeah. right, she has to use the bathroom in his room in front of him. So, yeah, oh. there's, the, there's the violation. Never mind. There's the violation. Yeah, <laughs> there exactly. I'm sorry that it's really dark in my room, but I don't want to turn on the light. That's okay. And make the fan go. Um, so, yeah. So he, he starts mentioning some girl named Megan. And she tells him she heard a car upstairs. And she wants to talk to the lease. And he says, no one's up there. So he shows her his radio. And he's like, nobody's talking through this radio. I would hear if, if people were up there. So he's like, you think I'm crazy? <laughs> um, yes, I do, sir. Yes, I you, do. Yeah. Have, have you ever watched Doomsday Preppers? Uh, yes, once. It's a, it's an interesting show. I like watching it. Um, but he starts giving both of them, you know, basically this doomsday prepper speech, like, you guys should have been prepared while you guys are out there living life and, and I don't know, being on TikTok. Like, I was in here preparing for the worst, like, and you guys are just wasting away. You should have been, you know, building your ark and all that stuff. So then he shows that he's like, you, you need to see Frank and Mildred. So he shows her, you know, like this very intricate double barrier door system they have where she has to go up these stairs and then there's a locked door and then through the other locked door is the outside world. But through, but from there she can see that there's two pigs and they're like all eroded and like flies and stuff. So that's Frank and Mildred. So they've suffered the attack. Um, Poor piggies. Yeah. So he, sh- so that's the door out. So now she, you know, we've set that up for the future. Um, and through the, through the window, she sees the, the two dead pigs and she sees the car that hit her. So now we know that he hit her. Hit her. Yeah. Cause it has the red from her car scraped on the side. And she remembers seeing it. She has like a flashback. So Emmett tries to give her magazines and he offers to French braid her hair because he's, he's the, the comic relief of this movie. And she, she tries to get this, which I'm glad. That's probably why I think it's more um, PG-13-ish is Emmett's 
whole character. Like if, if he wasn't there, it would be a very different movie, you know? True. Um, yeah, so he's there. So, so she tries to get the scoop on Howard and, you know, Emmett starts talking about how he helps build the place. And he's like, so you were kidnapped. <laughs> and he's like, no, I was trying to get in. Like, uh, I wasn't trying to get out. I was trying to get in. So she's like, well, he abducted me. And she just knows it. He abducted me. He dragged me off the road. And I don't believe what he's saying. And then Emmett's like, he saw the attack, you know, it was a big red light. And she's like, well, I heard a car and she doesn't trust Howard and Howard uh, hears them. And he's like, you know what? Dinner is ready. So, they, you know, they're, they're at the dinner table and she's, she's like spying on his keys. She's plotting to get the keys off of Howard's hip, off of his belt loop. Um, so, you know, he tells her, you know, Megan was a good cook. You're going to really like cooking. Oh my God. Who's Megan? Um, and he's annoyed with Emmett like instantly. Um, so, so like taking a pause, knowing that he abducted her and knowing that his car was at the gas station, did he see the attack and then be like, oh, well, I'm going down to my bunker. I better grab someone to abuse while I'm down there. And then Emmett just happened to ruin the plan. Yeah, I guess. I'm guessing he stalked her and was that was his plan. Or it just happened to happen at the same time. Like he was going to abduct her anyway. And then. True. Yeah. Young woman just like on alone. And then the, you know, the big bang happened or whatever. And. I think that was it. It was his plan to abduct her anytime. And then it just like, it happened to be that he was correct also about an attack. Yeah. Crazy. That's, I like the setup of that movie, of the, of the script, not, you know, the, the specifics of what happened. <laughs> so anyway, so she, so Emmett regrets not getting a tattoo. You know, they're talking about their life regrets and rattling on and on and on. It's like creating tension. John Goodman just wants to sit like in, in peace. <laughs> He's like, I built this to get away from people <laughs> besides who I abduct, but <laughs> he won't stop talking. I think he's also saying that um, Michelle likes Emmett or like likes him as a person, you know, not even like romantic. And he's yeah. jealous or annoyed at that. So um, Emmett sees board games and he like, he makes a funny joke, right? That it's going to take them a whole year to, to, to play half of Monopoly. And Howard like, Da, 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 tells him off stop making jokes nobody it's not funny to me it's not funny to michelle he's he's very much like an elementary school teacher like that's that behavior is not appropriate and it's not amusing <laughs> <laughs> so um so uh you know she sees that he's all activated by this so she like she she knows that she can get him to yell at her and she can get his keys. So she she starts making Emmett pass her a napkin. She's she's talking about games and she makes him hand her salt. Oh sorry, I meant pepper. And she like touches his oh, the pepper's right in front of her. She she touches um his hand. Um and what's his face is just mad. John Goodman's pissed. Franklin's so mad. So he gets in her face <laughs> and she she gets the keys, she gets the keys, and um <laughs> He, you know, they settle down, he goes back to the table and he's like about to open his, his bottle because his, his uh, keys have a bottle opener on them. So he reaches for his keys. He cannot find them. They, 
Oh, she runs up the stairs. Sorry. <laughs> Suspense. She runs up the stairs and she makes it to the first door. I think she hits him with the, yeah, she grabs a bottle, right? And hits him. Yeah. Cause he has stitches. Cause he has stitches. Yeah. So she, yeah, she hits him with his bottle that he was trying to open. Um, she runs up the stairs. She makes it to the first door, three locks on the first door. So she has to get all these open. He's coming and he's a little slow because he just got hit in the head. Uh, she makes it past the door. She gets to the second door. She sees a car with its lights on and she, and he's, she's by the first, by the door that's almost out. And he's still down there by the first door. I think she locked him. Yeah. She, she locks him. Yeah. So she's, she's unlocking, she's trying to unlock this door to get out outside. And there's a woman who runs up and her face is all blotchy and scarred, I guess. And it's like burned. And she's like trying to get in and she, she, you know, Mar- Michelle realizes, oh, this shit is real. <laughs> There's really an attack outside. It's really not safe. The air is not safe outside. Um, yeah, that part's awful. That part she's is like scary. Yes. Hitting her head. Yeah. That woman is trying to hit her head to get in because he said when people knew about this bunker. So they're trying to get into it. Um, so yeah, she's banging her head on the thing and, but like, is it contagious or is it, well, I guess it would be like, if she opened the door, that air would get in Yeah, is what it is. Not that that woman is necessarily contagious if she was in, but, um, yeah. So they're like, you can't help her, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, she sees that it's real. She gets, you know, defeated because now she has to go, <laughs> go back down there and be like, sorry. <laughs> so she goes down, um, you know, Howard is like, you know, I have to tell you, you know, I crashed into you. Um, I was, I was driving crazy because of the attack, trying to get back. We don't believe this. I don't believe this. Um, he's like, it was an accident. And he, he gives her some of Megan's clothes and he makes her stitch up his head, which is always a weird manipulative thing in movies. I think, well, it is manipulative here because she could hurt him. But I guess not that. She couldn't really kill him with a needle, but she could hurt him. And she, he's making her... No, you're right. Like, yeah, it's it's manipulation. Yeah, My it's like games. trying to make you bond with me by helping me. Yeah. I don't know. So, or like showing that I trust you. Like in... Fuck. <laughs> that I know. That in Game of Thrones, when he's like beating down that guy, uh, Greyjoy, and makes him shave his neck to show that he's not... Uh, gonna kill him <laughs> oh my god we have to talk about that that's the guy from misfits and i hate how he was so he's so shy in misfits but he's so sadistic in this show he's in skins too right no he's not in skins but he's in misfits oh you've seen misfits that's the one with with um with uh the irish, the irish yes what's his name Callahan? robert Robert Sheehan. Robert Sheehan, who has a picture yeah. with Mary J. Blige. <laughs> because they're both in um, Gerard Way's Netflix show, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. So this world, this world is crazy. <laughs> there but are Robert, beautiful things. Robert Sheehan and Mary J. Blige, like their pictures, they look like something happened. They look like something happened, and I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with that, absolutely. <laughs> Go exactly. Mary, Mary, yes. <laughs> Saint Mary, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, Mary is living the life that I really just, you know, I'm so jealous. Look at Mary. 
Gerard Way. <laughs> Robert Sheehan. Okay, so isn't it terrible that the My Chemical Romance tour got canceled? I might have shelled out two hundred dollars to go see it. And now I won't get to. I don't know if it was canceled or postponed, but I probably postponed till twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, you have to stand 10 feet apart. <laughs> no, I want to rub bodies. Not like that. I want to like bump into people and like have my emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would. I, yeah, I moshed at Fall Out Boy and that wasn't, I mean, that's pretty soft of it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Super side tangent. Shannon and I went to Katy Perry in Paris when we lived there. We didn't mosh fit. Did I know. No, no, we didn't. But remember, we tried to like kind of push our way to the front a little more and the Frenchies do not do that. Oh, they, yeah. They just like don't push. They were all like. That is not cool, guys. I can't do a yeah. French accent saying that, but that is not cool, guys, to us. <laughs> but we're American. <laughs> I know her. Let me up there. Oh, my God. So, yeah. We, yeah. So, um. He shows her Megan's picture and he's, you know, he's saying, you know, her mom took her. So he's trying to, he's saying that, you know, that was his daughter and his mom took her in a that custody battle and turned her against him. Girl did not look like him at all. <laughs> not a bit. Not a bit. And he, and so Emmett is telling her about the woman outside. Um, he's like, there was no way to help her. Um, and then she starts telling, they, they start bonding, right? She's telling him about her regrets. Like she you know, had an abusive past from her father and she wasn't able to help this little girl, something like that. And then he, he wanted to go on some trip that he never got to take. And so, you know, that's, you know, their regrets. So now there's a montage of them redecorating the space, right? They're moving in, they're playing games, they're breaking bread, they're eating together, they're watching movies, um, puzzles, music. sandwiches, like they're, they're having fun. Um, and they hear, they hear rumbling above them and they, it sounds like helicopters or maybe aliens or who knows. Cause, uh, what's his face? H- Howard, sorry. <laughs> Howard is like, yes, this is probably happening. Cause phase one is to take everyone out with that big, you know, attack, the coronavirus, maybe phase two ground sweeps hunting down those the remaining signs of life so that might be he was saying that was probably not human military helicopters which is weird because he's right <laughs> later on we find out he's right he's like so they're coming for remaining signs of life we're down here in the bunker you know so an alarm goes off at the same time so it's the air filtration system needs assistance blah blah blah, blah. it's kind of weird that he has this air filtration system that, you know, is very important. Like it's clean air, but he built it so that he can't reach it. <laughs> like True. she's the only, she's the only one who fits up there. So she is the only one who'll fit, fit up the vent. And then he tells us, you know, an Easter egg, well not Easter egg, but he tells us expository information for the end of the movie. When you go up there, nobody will be able to help you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So as soon as she gets up there, she's, he can't get in there is what he's saying. So yeah. Reminds me a lot of the Raven episode. That's a Raven, the stinky cheese episode where she has to crawl in the vents and eat the cheese because it's in the vents. Anyway, oh my so God. she, <laughs> so she has to crawl up there and restart the system and she goes through and she finds a locked like window portal to, you know, the outside and she sees, you know, blue sky 
um, you know, things that she just can't see, things that she's been missing from being, you know, underground. And then she like pulls back sort of the flap and she finds that someone wrote help for the outside to see, not for the inside to see, um, with, and there's like blood on the window and she finds something bloody and like puts it in her pocket and she goes to go and tell Emmett about it. And she's like, yo, Harold lied about Megan and this is her earring. That's what she shows her. That's what, that's what scratched the window. And Emmett's like, that's not Megan. That's Brittany. Some girl he knew from school. She went missing, which begs the question how old is Emmett? Because I'm guessing, or how long ago did that happen? Because I'm guessing that that they were in high school, and Emmett is not doesn't look high schooly. I'm guessing they were in high school when she went away, or I don't know if he said that they were in the same grade, but he said something like that. He knew that girl, and so she went missing. They never found her again. So he's like, so, and then and then in the same picture, she's she's wearing the same shirt as Michelle. So. Uh. Now they're like plotting to take his gun and Howard puts on Tiffany's. I think we're alone now. <laughs> I think that's what he puts on, which that's also a, a genius name for the Tiffany documentary about her stalkers called, I think we're alone now. You should watch it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. She has these stalkers who she's like friendly with, but they're like super fans and it kind of tells each of their stories. I think it's like two or three of them. Ooh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I think we're alone now, which is the name of the song. The brilliant fucking documentary name. God, so smart. So, um, so, you know, I think we're alone now. Barry. I love that song. He throws out. Oh, oh, shh. Yeah. They're plotting to take his gun. And she has an idea, right? So she she wants to make this hazmat suit, but she needs so that so, so that someone can go out and get help. Uh, but she needs uh, fabric. So she takes a shower and she she gets Emmett to plant the idea in Howard's head that because she was by the air filtration system, she might have gotten she might have infected the the shower curtain. So he throws it out, right? And she gets it, and that's what she starts using to make her suit. And her gas mask out of a soda thingy. And so, you know, they're making it. And uh, Emmett's like, okay, well, if he sees this, he's going to kill us. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So, you know, they're playing Taboo or something similar to it. And, um, you know, the the plan is that they're going to disarm him, get his gun, tie him up. And, and someone, one of them is going to put on the suit and go get the police. So she's... She's making her, hmm. oh, okay, this is where we have the Santa Claus moment, where they're playing Taboo, and um, they're playing it an odd, well, they're, mm, they're playing it where you are pretending to be the card, I guess, because he, he, it's pretty genius, it works for the script, I guess, because he's like, you know, I, I know what you're up to, I see everything you're doing, I, I know when you've done something bad. I know what you interrupt you, blah, blah, blah. And then Emmett's like, you know, staring me like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I didn't, do, I didn't even do anything. <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't me. <laughs> and then, you know, he's panicking. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead is always 50 steps ahead. You're Santa Claus. <laughs> you're Santa Claus. Um, and she's like, yeah. And just time. before that, 
like it was Howard's turn to guess and he was supposed to guess little women, but he kept like, Oh yeah, that was weird creepy. too. Cause he was supposed to guess Emmett's like, well, what is Michelle? And he's like a little princess, a girl, uh, an angel. Oh my God. So gross. He's even, he even tries like an older version of that. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause the word is woman, but he can't, he's infantilizing her. And that's weird. That's kind of weird because pedophiles like a certain age um and it's a different thing when you like someone who's a who's a teenager and it's a different thing when you like you know women that's those are different words so I don't know what he would call his because Megan was a high schooler so she was like a teenager and Michelle is a woman so maybe it just maybe he's like all over the place maybe it's not as severe but he's always going to infantilize them I guess is is his affliction I don't know because he is trying to make them like his daughter or something weird. weird. Some, something fucked up. Yeah. So, la da da da. Anyways, so he needs. Oh yeah, she. So you know that scene happens. Now she's in her room. She's uh she's working on her she's working on her suit. And Harold's starting to come downstairs, so she hides it, and he needs her help with something. So he already was plotting. Because we you know what he's about to do. He needs her help with something. He goes to Emmett. He, he takes her to Emmett. And he shows them a barrel. And no, he... No, oh, sorry. Keep going. No, go ahead. Uh, just, well, I guess finish what you're going to say because my question is, like, right just after this, I think. He shows her a barrel. And he makes them move it into the bathroom. And it's full of an acid, a la Breaking Bad, an acid that they're going to use to break down a body. So Harold starts putting on, oh, well, he, he's, well, we don't know that yet. He, sorry, yeah, I, he uses I blew, it. <laughs> I blew the load, sorry. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's talking about the barrel and he describes that it can break down bones. You know, it yeah. can break you down to the bone. So he opens the barrel and he shows them scissors, a box cutter, and like tools that they were using for the suit. And he's like, well, what are you doing for this? That was my question. How did he get them? Because they were under her bed. I don't know if they were under her bed or Emmett's bed or you know whatever but I know he I know he runs a tight ship and sees all that stuff they should have if they were smart they should have kept returning it every night Mm, you're sneaky yeah so sorry (laughs) that is good that is a good good point okay I see it so yeah they should have they should have put it back but Emmett was like Emmett was like it was all me I wanted your gun. I was going to make a weapon. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I wanted I wanted her to respect me like she respects you. So he tries to make a play for his ego. Yeah. Um, does not work. Does not work. No, he gets shot immediately. And um, she's freaking out. You know, she she goes back to her room. He puts him in the acid. And then she he tries to bring her ice cream. And he's like, it's just us two now, and la da da da, and you're gonna. Ew, and he like shaved. Ew, he did. Yeah, I didn't see that. When he brings her ice, because he had a he had a beer the whole movie, but when he brings her ice cream, he's clean shaven. Ew, sir, that isn't doing nothing. That's doing absolutely nothing for me. It's like stop you're the last man. You the last man on earth, and still, this is doing nothing for me. I don't <laughs> want that ice cream. So she hides her mask in the vent. 
um, and a bolt falls out while he's down there from the vent and he, he sees the suit. And so she ends up locking him in her room and she, she goes up to his room and she sees, um, Emmett decomposing and she, she grabs the, cause earlier he had, he had shown her, I guess it's like nitrogen or something, but he used it to make her make his drink cold. Oh, I'm talking about so he used that, that. Oh, yeah, and he talked about how we used to use this to like lock people up or something. He goes in a story about it, so they have set this up. So she grabs that nitrogen, nitrogen, um, <laughs> can, and and he catches up to her because he has keys to everything, of course. So he catches up to her. He let himself out of her room, and and she knocks over the acid, and it falls all over him, and he falls into it. So now his face is gross. And it starts a fire and she, she goes back down and grabs her suit. He's up and she knocks a shelf of food onto him and, and he, he, she makes it to the vent and she, Howard is like stirring and she's crawling through the vent and he's like stabbing the ducks, which he almost gets her. And it's weird that he didn't get her because if she screamed, you'd know where she is. You'd hear that. Whatever. It's fine. So, yeah. She had acid on his face. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, um, she makes it, she makes it, oh, he gets a hold of her foot or something. Yeah. And she makes it to the air filtration room and, and she puts her suit on and she, she's near some explosives and the smoke is like rising from the fire. From, that she said in the bunker. So she freezes the door lock with the, I'm guessing it's nitrogen. I don't know, but she freezes it and she keeps like banging until finally it, it breaks open and she's able to get out of that window portal and she gets a rip in her suit and she immediately starts like taping it up. And I like how this movie isn't really apocalyptic until we get out of the bunker. bunker, right? Yeah, because it's totally a different movie after that. Like now, now it's a, now it's a monster movie, so an alien movie even. So she um, she hears she hears birds flying peacefully, and so she takes her mask off and she sees um, an an alien aircraft in the air. It looks like a helicopter, but we eventually see it's an alien aircraft, and the bunker explodes. So it's causing it, you know, attention. So she tries to, um, she tries a truck. To, there's no keys in the truck. Um, she makes it to, uh, that woman's car from earlier and it sets off the car alarm. And so she's running, she hides in a shed. She sees the dead woman from before. Uh, she watches something attack the car with the alarm, like something, right? We just see a little bit of it. And she it gets lifts up the car. <laughs> she gets the keys off of the dead woman and the alien is trying to get into the shed. And I'm guessing this is an alien that is blind. Right? Because it yeah. seems like it's relying on sound, sounds. not even smell. It's relying on sound. Because it's coming they come towards loud sounds. Um so you know she she's hiding in the shed. She sees blah blah. She the aliens tried to get into the shed, so she turns the car alarm off so it runs over there, and then she runs towards uh, I'm guessing uh, his farmhouse, uh, Doug Goodman's farmhouse, and the alien sees her and they're it's chasing her. And there's a loud noise as a giant ship starts flying, like a huge ship. But also, I couldn't tell if it was a, a ship or a, an alien because it has teeth. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? 
So I don't know if it was like the mother or if it was the mothership, you know. So uh, it starts flying and she puts her mask on because I guess it's unleashing, you know, another round of gas. So she gets in the truck and the alien uh, snatches her mask off and it's trying to lift the car and the giant alien is going to eat her, eat the truck. So she she makes a Molotov cocktail with that whiskey bottle we saw earlier, and she throws it into the alien's mouth. Somehow, that small fire sets everything ablaze. Like <laughs> I'm guessing it was, I'm guessing it's a flam- flammable alien. <laughs> Acid reflux. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing goes up in flames. Right, blows up even uh, from one tiny bottle. Um, and she drops, it drops the truck. She's unharmed. She's fine. Whatever. Uh, and she makes, <laughs> she's, you know, she's not a scratch on her. She just fell 20 feet from the sky in a, in a truck, but she's fine. So she, she makes it to the car and she's driving away and she hears something on the radio. And it's like, you know, Baton Rouge is a safe zone. Go there if you need help. But Houston, H Town is, <laughs> is full of fighters. So if you need to come and if you want to help the resistance, come to Houston. So she says, you know what? <laughs> I haven't had Frenchies in a minute. I'm going to go to be, I'm going to, and Beyonce, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading to the left, to the left. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> and she makes it all the way back to the Astrodome, right? She, no, no, <laughs> she has seized it. <laughs> It's with me. Left, she comes to where left. I am to help me fight this. Wow. <laughs> that was such a great tie. <laughs> she comes back. She's helping all of us. Me, Beyonce, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Lizzo, Solange, Blue Ivy, <laughs> Felicia Rashad, all of us. <laughs> yes, she's from Ailey. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire is from Houston. Wait, let me not do that. Um, Hillary Duff. She's coming to help us all. All of us. Patrick Swayze, R.I.P. There's something in the water. <laughs> yes. In the bayou <laughs> water. <laughs> yeah, so she comes to help us. And that's the end, that's the end of that movie. Well, let me see if I can get a good question for our wrap-up. Did you have any following thoughts to say? How did um, this movie impact you? Do you think it's going to age well? We didn't ask that about Shot of the Dead. Ooh. Do I think it's going to age well? I mean, yeah. We don't really I think, yeah, it has aged well. It's been, it's been um, 2016. I think the things that make it age the best is probably the part that makes it, that makes me think it's a safe movie, that makes me think it's like a kiddish movie. It, and that's the fact, you know, there's comedic, there's like a comedic um, reprieve. Relief. Yeah. Relief and... Yes, it's a movie about sexual abuse, but it doesn't, it never, it's safe enough, it's safe enough for kids to watch. Like it never crosses an uncomfortable barrier. So yeah, it's going to age well to me, I assume. I don't know, you know, how we're going to look at this later on because maybe we'll be triggered by other things in the future. But um, oh my 2020 yeah. eyes, I think you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't cross any, besides him shaving, maybe that's going to be, that's going to set us off in the future. But um yeah, and it's like a very powerful female protagonist who like doesn't is is not outsmarted at all ever. Like right? Yeah. And <laughs> no in the, man or monster. 
I know. And they even do the final act of making her a, a, like a fighter, like someone who wants to, who just, who she had no training for that. We didn't know that, but she just wants to save lives. Like that's, you know, really cool about her. Um, okay. So our funny questions. Um, so we wrap up our, our movies reviews with a funny question um, where I just choose one randomly and I think it works well. Um, okay. So there are some good ones. If no, <laughs> no, I want to know what, 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 um, that one really. Okay. If we had, I mean, it doesn't really work, but it works well. If you had to add a makeover montage in this movie, <laughs> where would you add it? And, um, Maybe what song would be playing for the makeover montage? Oh my god! Um, maybe um, let's say let's say we'll get what? What did you say the actress's name is? Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> yeah, we'll get. Um, sorry, girl, I'm gonna typecast you, but it's just the first thing I thought of like let's get her back in those colored wigs from like Ooh, I like so Ew, but that you know what that makes me think of is that Howard just had them. Oh (laughs) that Howard just had a bunch of wigs. He's like, try these on. No, I don't like that. (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, no, scratch that. But maybe she maybe her and Emmett like are like playing they're just like having fun one day and they just make wigs out of something. Maybe that's safer. <laughs> that's a better way to go. Him <laughs> being like, put these on. No. Um, and it can't be, it, well, for mine, I'm thinking Emmett can't have a makeover because he's, he was perfect from the beginning. Huh? <laughs> he's holding the get go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say maybe they like get Howard drunk and he has like a, like a fashion show or something and they teach him how to dress better. <laughs> that could yeah. Be um, I don't know what song I would play. I know me neither. Tiffany was so great. Uh, maybe like a Spice Girls or something. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I got to get out of this place. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So that was this movie. I think, yeah, it ends with Houston. I like this. <laughs> I support it. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I do want Vietnamese food, actually. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> so where it's good. I would like some killer Tex-Mex, actually. Oh, yes. Get some enchiladas on that. I do want to wear a mum to school for homecoming. Actually, I'm going <laughs> to Texas. <laughs> Texas. Just Texas. Yes. She came to Shipley's. You know, it's all open in the, in the plague. Yeah. Kidding. Wait, what is Shipley's? She pleases donuts. Sorry. There are a couple right. in Dallas because when I lived in Dallas, I trekked very far to Shipley's. I find it superior to Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme is too like hockey puck like to me. Like it's so smooth. Like why is it so smooth? Shipley's has like a a, a, a sh- their sugar is a little more granulated. They're flaky. It's flaky and it's so it's- soft in the middle. Mm, mm. The kolaches. Kolaches, that's very Texas, you guys. That's a Czech, it's a Polish, it's like a, a pig in a blanket. Yeah, but you can but. get like sweet ones. Yeah, you can get sweet ones and you can get spherical ones, but you know, the like the the stereotypical kolache looks like a pig in a blanket, I assume. 
So, mm. yeah. Oh, well, you know, enough about food. <laughs> <laughs> that was this episode, you guys. We'll see you back next week with something probably a little different. We'll try to mix it up. We'll, you know, we're playing it by ear. Uh, stay safe at home, guys. Wash your hands. No, Wash see. your hands. Um, eat the rich. Overthrow the government. Uh, human rights are necessary. Absolutely. Help people that you can, you know, however you can safely. Um, drink ginger tea. I don't know. We're all in this together. <laughs> are you going to see Imagine too? <laughs> yep. 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 No. No. All right. Godspeed. Okay. <laughs> Godspeed. Goodbye. Bye.